Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And I want to tell you about one of the weirdest stories I have come across in my 25 or so years as a professional paranormal investigator. It is the tale of the space clams. Before I do that, I want to thank all of you for the just wonderful messages and just fantastic feedback I've gotten from my last podcast about the amazing mystical haunted lantern. And uh, it seems like everybody really enjoyed that. Some people said it was the best podcast they've ever heard in their entire lives. And uh, I'm glad that you were as sort of enchanted with the whole experience as I was and also appreciate my sense of humor especially given how crass certain aspects of that story were. But uh, I'm just so happy that you enjoyed it that, you know what, that lantern now, and of course I can't even tell you how many times that picture has been viewed on my website, joshuapwarren.com, Curiosity Shop page. I can't even tell you how many times that picture has been viewed. But that lantern now is a famous lantern. And so... I have decided to do something special with this lantern because so many people actually want to meet this lantern in person. They want to touch it. They want to have their picture taken with it. I told you it's kind of like Aladdin's lamp because after getting this lantern, not only did I have a very lucky day, money-wise, but also so did my friend guitarist David Labs. I mentioned him before in the podcast, and I'm going to tell you more about him later in this podcast. But anyway, so talk about synchronicity and how everything just falls beautifully together. I am delighted that April is over. It's now May. I was going to play the hallelujah music, but you can use your imagination and just hear that in the background. So... Last month, you know, I debuted the Creepy Vegas Paranormal Tour here in Las Vegas, which was a walking tour. And we were off to a great start, but then almost as soon as we got started, I was thrown a curveball because the property where we were meeting people, it was a bar, um, sold and was taken over by a whole new group of people who shut it down and are renovating the whole thing. And so I had to say, okay, uh, hang on a second, <laughs> back to the drawing board, and it was a little frustrating because I had just gotten everything kicked off with uh, TripAdvisor and Viator and uh, Groupon and printed coupons and got all that stuff done. So I said, all right, got to go back to the drawing board and, and reimagine this. Well, at the same time, some very fortuitous things were happening. It's funny because my literary agent, Lisa Hagen, posted on Twitter the other day, something I retweeted, and it was along the lines of, well, I had a picture of a boulder in the middle of a road, and it said something like, well, sometimes when there's an obstacle in your way, it's just there to guide you in a better direction. And so right as we were trying to figure out uh, how to sort of redo this walking tour, we started having all kinds of ideas and by ideas i'm talking about nick weird myself and of course lauren and uh, nick's lady christina we we got together we started talking and there is this bar that's right around the corner from where we were doing the walking tours called millennium fandom 
It is one of the coolest bars I've ever been to. The people there are some of the coolest people I've ever met because this is a pop culture bar. It's really, really nice inside. It's a great atmosphere. you you got to be 21 to get in the door. And they have a doorman there. And when you get in, it's got replicas of movie props, like the geekiest stuff you can ever want. You know, for me, I love it because, like, one of my favorite props in all of movie history is the the idol from the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. So you walk in the door and boom, you know, there's the idol from Raiders. And they've got all kinds of props from Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter. I mean, like, you name it. The whole place is just full of of sci-fi and pop culture and fantasy and just, like, wonderful, geeky stuff. You walk in there, you feel right at home, and the people who work there are really warm and they're really into this stuff, you know. they So... Anyway, they have this whole section called the gallery, which is sort of like a meeting room area, and it has a nice big screen, and they have cool stuff in the gallery. Like, for example, as soon as you walk in there, there's a big life-size statue of Pinhead from Hellraiser there, just in the corner. I mean, this place, everywhere you look, there's a surprise in this place. And so we started going in there and hanging out, and they just loved the concept of Creepy Vegas. They got it. Like it, we all, so we all started clicking. And long story short, we have decided to turn Creepy Vegas into a show. So it's not going to be a walking tour as it was originally envisioned. It's now going to be the Creepy Vegas Ghost and UFO Show. 60 paranormal minutes in a bar. Which not only is that great because that... Uh, you know, we, we, we have more control over the setting. But also, you know, I have been wondering, like, what, what happens in the middle of summer when it's 105 degrees or whatever here? You know, are people going to want to get out and walk? You know, I don't know. Uh, so now we don't have to worry about that. So the Creepy Vegas Ghost and UFO Show officially makes me now a Vegas showman. You know, I already produced a big show here last year the Finding Your Magic event at the Excalibur on the Strip. And then I produced a big Halloween party here. You know, I've I've produced some stuff, but this is going to be a regular show at a real venue in Las Vegas. And I am so psyched about this because not only will you be able to come and sit down and drink and enjoy yourself as you have this 60-minute non-fiction mind-blowing educational presentation about ghosts, UFOs, monsters, time slips, mobsters, crime, I mean, like, all this stuff. But to sweeten it even more, we're going to have some of the most amazing and haunted objects in the world from my collection that I'm going to bring there, and you're going to be able to actually touch these things and take your picture with them. And some of the things that we'll have are things I've never presented to the public before because they're either too dangerous or they're too delicate. Um, So obviously, one of the things that we're going to have is this amazing lantern, this mystical lantern, this magical lantern from the Bonnie Springs Ranch Old West ghost town, you know, from the actual personal um, items from Miss Bonnie herself, 
the lantern will be there it will be a part of the show and the other things that we're going to have there i'm not going to tell you about it's a surprise so you know you'll find out when when you sit down and uh you know because i figured you know it's it's, it's nice when you buy a ticket and you think you know what you're going to get but then you get something that's even more kick-ass than what you were expecting it makes the whole experience more memorable and I know, you know, word will get out because people will take their picture and they'll put it online and everything. But for now, I'm not going to tell you what the other things are that I'm going to have there. So, the Creepy Vegas Ghost and UFO Show is going to debut a week from this Saturday, which I believe is going to be May the 11th at 7 p.m. And I'm going to be there for this first opening of this show okay i'm going to be actually presenting as a part of the show we're going to have various media there it's going to be a big night and if you want to be a part of this then i want you to go to creepyvegas.com that's the, you have to buy your ticket online it costs $19.95 so don't tell me you can't afford this show every other show in this town costs 10 times that so $19.95. You go to creepyvegas.com and you buy your ticket for May the 11th. I hope I have that date right. My calendar. Okay, here's my calendar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, May 11th, 7 p.m. I will be there. We will hang out and I will show you a great time. So make your plans. If there's any way you can be in Vegas, make your plans right now. Go to creepyvegas.com, C-R-E-E-P-Y, creepyvegas.com. Buy your ticket to come there and hang out with me. Get your face in the media a little bit if that's something you're interested in. And we're going to have a blast, okay? I promise you this at the Millennium Fandom Bar, creepyvegas.com. So, that said, I've been doing some extra research, kind of like preparing myself for this transition into a show now the show is going to be hosted by nick weird i mean he's a he's a local he's a native here even though of course i'm still the creator of the show and so i'm giving him content and i'm looking up things and we're doing research together and we're really you know building something amazing and so i discovered this book that just came out copyright 2019 by a wonderful author named david weatherly He's written a lot of great paranormal content over the years, and this book is called Silver State Monsters, Cryptids and Legends of Nevada. It has a foreword by Lyle Blackburn. Right off the bat, it's got a beautiful, striking cover showing this creature that looks a lot like Nessie poking its head up out of what I presume is probably Lake Tahoe or something like that. And uh, this cover which has this Nessie-looking creature on the front and then this Bigfoot on the back, was done by Sam Sheeran. And Sam Sheeran is one of the greatest artists in the world. And I have the immense honor of telling you that he did the cover for my novel, The Gringo Maniac Murder Spree. And I was so happy to have him. I mean, I actually specifically asked him to do that. I mean... The publisher had other options for different, you know, artists, and I said, "Oh, we got to use Sam Sheeran. We got to have Sam Sheeran. He's the best." So I, well, I was just delighted when Sam Sheeran did the cover 
for my novel. And if you have not read The Gringo Maniac Murder Spree, well, you need to do it. You, if you like this podcast and you like to read novels, you'll like that novel. So anyway, this book is called Silver State Monsters, and it is wonderful. You know, I don't have a lot of time, but I started reading this book, and I couldn't stop. And hell, I read most of it probably, you know, within a few hours. It's got story after story about bizarro creatures. But there's one that stands out that I want to share with you, and that is the story of the encounter with the space clams. Now, this really stands out in my mind because, you know, one of my claims to fame here is this report that I put out a few years ago about what I call OUFOs, organic UFOs. Now, I am not the first person in history to propose the concept that maybe many of these UFOs are some type of living being. I think it's a little more sophisticated, however. I think it's sort of like a hybrid between what we would consider something biological and then something that's sort of like an artificial intelligence that's synthesized together. That's sort of my thinking on this. But this story right here, it ties right in to this sort of concept that when, when we look at some of these UFOs, we're not just talking about some machine, some you know typical flying saucer. And in fact, when we think of that term flying saucer, most ufologists will tell you that that comes from the experience that a pilot named Kenneth Arnold had around 1947 he was flying a plane uh, near Mount Rainier Washington and he encountered these weird objects that were flying alongside the plane that he described to the media as appearing like saucers skipping on water and that's where we get the terminology flying saucer from in fact you know fate magazine the iconic publication that I'm, I'm very happy to be a part of from time to time, uh, really made their mark by having or featuring the Kenneth Arnold flying saucer story on the cover of their first issue back there in 1947. So that's where, again, the traditional ufologist would say this kind of terminology comes from. And yet, here's this story where the term saucer has been applied and this is a story that takes place 22 years earlier in 1925 and this you know one of the things that makes David Weatherly such a great author is you can tell that he really gets into obscure stories you know he must spend a lot of time in libraries and uh, newspaper archives and you know he knows how to talk to people and dig up some obscure stories that would otherwise be um, mainly forgotten so this story from his book silver state monsters tells the tale of a man named don wood jr and don wood jr sent a letter in 1959 to this magazine called Flying Saucers, the magazine of space conquest. It was a popular publication back then. When he sent the letter, he first sent it anonymously, but so many people apparently found this interesting that eventually his name came out and, and he took credit for this. So 
In World War I, there was a type of airplane that was quite popular called a Ginny. And so even in the 19, uh, you know, 20s, 30s, so on, people were out there flying these Ginnies around. And uh, Charles Lindbergh soloed in a Ginny. And so this guy, Don Wood Jr., I'm looking at the book right now. In 1925, he was out with some of his buddies here in Nevada, and they were flying these jennies around. Now, you know, Nevada's a great state to fly in because you got so much desert, it's easy to just sort of take off and land wherever you want to half the time, especially back in those days. So he and his buddies were flying these, these planes around, and they decide to land on top of this big flat mesa. And here is what happened to them. I'm going to actually read verbatim from this book, Wood's letter describing his encounter. Here we go. Quote, I must write to tell you of what happened to me in 1925, which I think solves most of these UFO reports. I have never told this to anyone, but I can get a signed affidavit if needed. Four of us were flying old Jennies over the Nevada desert. One plane was a two-seater, the one I was in. We landed on Flat Mesa near Battle Mountain, Nevada. The mesa is about 5,000 square feet and the walls are too steep to climb, unless a lot of work is done. We wanted to see what was on top of this flat place. We landed at 1 p.m., while walking about the top of this place, we noticed something coming in for a landing. It was about eight feet across and was round and flat like a saucer. The undersides were a reddish color. It skidded to a stop about 30 feet away. This next part you won't believe, and I don't care, but it's the truth. We walked up to the thing, and it was some animal like we never saw before. It was hurt, and as it breathed, the top would rise and fall, making a half-foot hole all around it like a clam opening and closing. Quite a hunk had been chewed out of one side of this rim, and a sort of metal-looking froth issued. When it saw us, it breathed frantically, and rose up only a few inches, only to fall back to earth again. It was moist and glistened on the top side. We could see no eyes or legs. After a twenty-minute rest, it started pulsating once more. Now, we stayed ten feet away this whole time. And so help me, the thing grew bright as all get out, except where it was hurt. It had a mica-like shell body. It tried to rise up again, but sank back again. And then we saw a large, round shadow fall on us. We looked up and ran. Coming in was a much larger animal, 30 feet across. It paid no attention to us, but settled itself over the small one. Four sucker-like tongues settled on the little one, and then the big one got so dazzling bright you couldn't look at it. 
Both rose straight up and were out of sight in a second. They must have been traveling a thousand miles an hour to get so high so fast. When we walked over, there was an awful stench, and the frothy stuff the little one had bled looked like fine aluminum wire. There was more frothy, wiry stuff in a 30-foot circle where the big one had breathed. This stuff melted finally in the sun, and we took off. So help me, this was an animal. I have never told this before, as we knew no one would believe us. I only write now because this animal would be one big 30-foot light if seen at night. I don't expect belief, but I simply had to write. Don't use my name. I'm still flying. But write if you want more information. End quote. And that comes from the man that we later learned was named Don Wood Jr. And then, of course, David Weatherly talks a, a little bit more about this and gives it some context. And he says that this was even uh, mentioned in one of Brad Steiger's books. Brad Steiger and John Wood, or excuse me, John White talked about this in uh, their collection, Other Worlds, Other Universes, playing the reality game. And it says, Steiger wrote, Don Wood Jr. may have been the first person to get a close, terrifying look at a couple of these critters. He saw in full physical density and in the light reflecting negative polarity as a result of his hobby of flying. The experience shook him sufficiently to make him keep his peace for several decades. So, what do you think of that? What do you think of the idea that many of these quote-unquote flying saucers are... They're not just machines in the way that we think of machines. They're sort of like living machines. And that that is sort of the direction that we're going in general, technologically speaking, with artificial intelligence and cyborgs and all that sort of thing, that, you know, we're going to reach a point where the difference between animate and inanimate and organic and inorganic becomes very blurry. So it's sort of like when we, we, we now can print cells in order to create an organ. You're taking a machine and creating something organic with it. Um... There, there's a there's a very strong relationship there. Well, well, instead of taking the machine to create the organ, what if we just hook the machine onto the organ, and then the machine can constantly replenish the organ? You know what I mean? Like, so that's that synthesis is where I believe technology is headed. So it would make sense that an advanced technology, when viewed up close, might blur that line between the organic and inorganic. It's a, isn't that amazing? So, when you read a story like that, and again, you know, take it for what it's worth, it does make you think a lot about what's possible, and maybe, especially considering this happened in Nevada, maybe that has some connection to why we have Area 51 here and all of these other strange things that people talk about flying around and stuff that you know like that thing it sounds like it pretty much kind of crashed and then got rescued well maybe one of these things crashed and was retrieved 
And that's what Harry Reid and all these people have been talking about when they say we're back engineering stuff in these modified buildings around Las Vegas. So I read that and I thought, man, you know, this could give us even more insight. And that's the kind of story that we're going to be sharing when we do our Creepy Vegas ghost and UFO show. We're going to tell you weird stuff like that. You know, really weird stuff. Uh, I, I, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but, but some of the stories are so weird that, you know, they they don't nicely, neatly fit into any category or compartment. So, even though last month, and I'm so happy to say April was last month, even though last month was chaotic, ultimately, good things came out of it. And I mentioned that to you before, that even if you were having what you considered bad luck in April, you, you can't look at it that way. It's just like Lisa Hagen's you know, tweet that sometimes an obstacle comes up and it just leads you in, in, in another direction, which ends up being a better direction. And so Creepy Vegas is going to be better because of this. And I had some really interesting, cool moments in April of 2019. Let's get back to, for example, my buddy Dave Labs, who I have told you I believe is the greatest classical guitarist in the world. His last name is spelled L-A-A-B-S, and I believe his uh, last name, let's see, his his website is DaveLabs.com. Yeah, L-A-A-B-S. Oh yeah, before I tell you that... Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about when I talk about OUFOs, if you go to joshuapwarren.com and you um, go to the Gallery of the Strange, you can find a link there that says OUFOs, Organic UFOs Report. You can watch the report, see footage of these things that I've shot. And then also I tweeted the other day the story that uh, Mobius first sent to me and this is a story that was published in the Washington Post, I think. Um, yeah, here we go. There's a link to a story in the Washington Post called How Angry Pilots Got the Navy to Stop Dismissing UFO Sightings. How Angry Pilots Got the Navy to Stop Dismissing UFO Sightings. Check out my Twitter, at Joshua P. Warren, for that. So... <clears throat> So yeah, David Labs, great guitarist, and when he was in town the same day that I had the whole experience with the Lantern, um, Lauren and I went to meet up with him. He was staying at a big casino on the Strip, and he said, you know, I, you're not going to believe this. He says, I forgot something I always take with me, because this guy's life revolves around nothing but playing the guitar. That's all he does. He's been doing this since he was a kid. He's a, he is a master. He is a true master. He said, I forgot my footrest. He said, I probably have like 12 of these things back at home. He lives in Michigan. Uh, but he said, I, uh, for some reason, I forgot a footrest. And that's just literally something you prop your foot up on when you're playing the guitar. So he asked if uh, Lauren and I could escort him to Guitar Center because there was one five miles away. So we said, sure, yeah. I go to Guitar Center from time to time my, for my own needs and purposes. As a matter of fact, 
I recently wrote and recorded a country music song that I'm going to be playing for you on this podcast. I did not sing it. I know my strengths and weaknesses, but I will be playing a song for you in the near future. So that said, um, we went to Guitar Center with him. And I was actually looking forward to this anyway, because to walk into Guitar Center with the greatest classical guitarist in the world, I was thinking we could have fun with this. You know, like like he sits down and gets a guitar and he's like, what string is this? And he acts like he doesn't know what he's doing. And then all of a sudden, you know, he knocks out Flight of the Bumblebee kind of thing. So in Guitar Center, they have this whole big back section. Now, this is a Guitar Center of Vegas, so it's a really nice Guitar Center. In the back, they have this whole section that is acoustic. And i that's my thing. I love acoustic stuff. And so you've got, you know, acoustic guitars and banjos and mandolins and ukuleles and all that. So we go into this big acoustic section. And uh, an employee comes over and asks if, you know, if he can help us. And we very quickly get the footrest. But then... You know, David, being a guitar aficionado, he picks up, um, he, he pulls one of these acoustic guitars off the wall, and he sits down, and he starts playing this thing. And instantly, it's like everybody who's in the room just stops what they're doing and just looks over. They're just, they're amazed. They're mesmerized by what they're hearing. It's a magical, it truly is a magical talent you know, that this guy has to be able to do that. So he's playing the most intricate stuff. I mean, like, you know, he plays stuff like classical gas, and then he'll turn around and he'll play something by Beethoven, and then something by Mozart, and then he'll play, you know, something by the Beatles. And, I mean, it just, it's just, it, it, it gives you goosebumps to listen to this guy play. So anyway, as he starts playing and he's going through just you know different things there is this young man over there who starts doing percussion just banging around on some empty guitar cases and so dave notices this and he says hey you want to do some percussion let's do this and then dave breaks into this song i'm not going to tell you what it is but it's uh it's a song that it's traditionally a, a, a Spanish song. And he starts playing this song. And the young man starts just kicking in with the percussion. on, And all of a sudden, this magical moment occurs when this sort of spontaneous jam breaks out in the back of Guitar Center on, on a Saturday night, you know. And Lauren whipped out her cell phone and started videotaping this. And you've got to see this. You've got to see this. So when this was over, I mean, we were just, everybody was on their feet. We were all cheering. And you'll actually see me sitting off to the side. And I'm just like clapping my hands like a doofus as these guys are kicking ass. And so... (laughs) So the the when it was over with the young man who was playing percussion asked Lauren if she would send him the video and they exchanged emails and everything. So Lauren uploaded this video to her Vimeo account and you've got to watch this. So I have posted this video of this spontaneous guitar jam session uh, 
that broke out with the greatest classical guitarist in the world um if you go to my twitter account at joshua p warren at joshua p warren you'll find that video there it's just a few minutes long and and trust me this in no way captures really dave's talent i mean dave can play the most insane stuff ever but this was just so cool because this was the song where the other guy kind of kicked in and they and started doing the percussion and, and so it's just a really fun moment that occurred and and you know what most of the time in life you don't get to experience things like that you don't have a buddy that you can just go out and you know hang out with and then all of a sudden you know he creates this moment where a bunch of strangers come together and have this amazing concert so i sure can't complain about the (laughs) wild stuff that has happened in my life so even though april was a rocky unpredictable month i saw some really cool shit in the month of april and i saw some magical things manifest so i hope that you'll go to uh well if you go to joshuapwarren.com you'll find a, a link there to my twitter page and you can click that and just watch this even whether or not you're on on twitter or you follow me or whatever and and by the way keep this in mind Whenever I have like really big news, the first thing I do is send out an e-newsletter. It's a free e-newsletter. I have subscribers, thousands of them all over the world. It takes you about two seconds to subscribe to my e-newsletter. But I will tell you that if you are a subscriber to my e-newsletter, sometimes you might not get it because some of these email services are so concerned about spam that if if something comes from an email newsletter distribution service they'll just automatically put it in your spam folder or your junk folder or something like that or maybe one of the other promotions folders and you may never even notice that you've gotten something from me and you know that when i send you an e-newsletter i sit down and i write it with my own fingers you're getting a real message from me you reply to that i'll write you back um, so if you want to make sure that you get all of my e-newsletters, be sure that you add my email address to your actual contacts. So go into your contacts, you put Joshua Warren, and then put the email address that the newsletters come from. And that email address is shadowboxent at gmail.com. Shadowboxent at gmail.com. That's the one the newsletters come from. So make sure that's added to your contacts and you don't have to worry about missing anything because that it ends up in a spam folder or, or some other you know weird place like that. So there at Joshua P. Warren, you'll find links to all kinds of cool stuff, but you got to go watch this jam session, I'm telling you. And uh, it, it, it'll just bring a smile to your face, now, especially now that you know the story and you know how this happened. And then so this that jam session ended, and then what do we do? We, we go back to the casino, and this guy wins crap loads of money. So, <laughs> playing poker, it was awesome. What a night. So when you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll find a link to this podcast it's called joshua p warren daily it's always short always free it's commercial free independent uncensored you can click that link and subscribe through various means or just follow me on twitter at joshua p warren at joshua p warren and i will 
usually tweet when a new one is available. You know I have a hell of a busy week ahead of me. I'm going to be on Coast to Coast AM Friday night. And uh, also, then a week from this Saturday is the big kickoff to the Creepy Vegas Ghost and UFO Show here in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. Go to creepyvegas.com if you want to come here and hang out with me and Nick Weird and have an awesome time, 60 paranormal minutes in a bar. It costs you $19.95, but you've got to get your ticket online at creepyvegas.com. So that's it for this edition. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.